Welcome everyone to Manufacturing Talk Radio on the Jacket Media Co Network. Uh, today is uh, the uh, the ISM report, uh, August no August two, um, and the numbers are terrific. Uh, we have uh, Tim Fiore, who's the uh, committee chair for ISM Manufacturing. Uh, you will also notice that Tim Grady is not here today. Uh, he's off doing his uh, civic duty and serving on uh, a, a, a jury trial. So I'm, I'm glad I'm not the guy sitting in the witness chair. Um, Tim is not forgiving for bad people. Anyway, <laughs> Tim, welcome aboard as usual. Yeah, Lou, thanks for having me. So I, I like the way you started off by saying a you know, strong manufacturing month, which it is. I've I'm coming off a number of interviews where the interviewer started off by saying there was a softening. Well, you know, I'm sorry, a, you know, a couple of a point or something at a 5960 level is isn't much. I don't so, think that matter of fact, uh, I have the number here that since January, the number has fluctuated from uh, 50. Let me get my note here. From 58.7 to 59.5 has been the range, except for one or two 60 something. Yeah. 60.5. But this this is the longest run I've seen hitting up in the 60 range in a very long time. Yeah. I mean, if, if you look at this one compared to the, uh, the, the, the prior manufacturing expansion, you know, the Trump Obama expansion. Right. Well, this one is running at higher levels for longer periods. And, yeah. and I used to use a term that we were running across the top with, with that expansion. And we finally ran out of gas primarily because of tariffs. Uh, and then, you know, we started to decline and then we had the, the pandemic. But th this one is running at higher levels longer. Yeah. So it's uh, so why did uh, why did other uh, news platforms think it was softening? Well, so they look at the headline number, you know, the PMI number, that's what they look at. Uh, but you really, like we've talked about many times here, you have to look at the 10 sub indexes to figure out what's actually happening. Right. So my, my answer to them was, no, we really have a timing issue going on here. We've got a timing issue. And, and that's, that's uh, supported by the fact that we had a raw material inventory drawdown. Right. Uh, we had a supplier delivery slowing improvement, which says that they're getting a little bit better at delivering, but not fast enough to replenish that raw material inventory. We had an employment expansion at a okay level. We had a production uh, slowdown from the prior month, but you know the, the reason is that they didn't have enough labor and didn't have enough materials. So I think it's just an adjustment period here that uh, I know f I, I'm very confident that post September, we're gonna really see this thing unlock uh, even more so than where we are. But I think the month of August will be, you'll see that number most likely get above 60. I think you're going to see the supplier delivery number continue to get better, meaning it's going to drop a little bit. Yeah. Offset by the raw material number going back into expansion. You know, it's been going back and forth. Employment number will probably get closer to 55, and that production number will probably get over 60 again. So, and, I, and I'll bring up the number that one of my numbers that I love the most, and that is backlog at 64 point something. Near records. Yeah, it's yeah. near records. So a new order number at six, almost 65, supported by a backlog number at near records. Customer inventory number, again, set a record low. And the export, new export number is pretty much flat uh, month over month, not a big change. Uh, and we know the export markets aren't doing so well. When they open up, you're going to see that new export number improve, and that'll drive the new order number up too. So 
yeah, I mean, demand is in great shape here. No, no complaints. It's been that way now for quite some time. And the, the input side just had trouble catching up. And I think, as I mentioned last month, there, there were some signs that maybe we're seeing a little bit of an equilibrium. This month, there is more signs. And then, you know, the other sign is the fact that prices, although they're still expanding, they're not expanding as bad. So uh, last month, we had 84, I think it was 84% of our respondents reported price increases. This month, I think it's 72 or 73%. Right. So that's an improvement. Uh, last month in June, I mean, last month, in June, we had 0.7% reporting price declines. This month, we had 2%. So that's an improvement. So, and I think that's going to continue. I don't, I don't think that that's going to, that was a one month blip. I think we're going to continue to see that number soften a little bit. There are, uh, not to make everything look so, so rosy, there are still some uh, uh, issues, uh, logistics, uh, not enough drivers, not enough trucks, not enough containers. Uh, we've got a, a labor problem. Uh, you know, you know they, they're still collecting unemployment to uh, uh, not be working. Uh, what is it, 11 million people are out of work or not working. Uh, but I think the unemployment uh, number at $300 goes away at the end of September. Uh, so that should uh, wake some people up and say, you know, maybe I should go back to work now. Yeah, that's a, that's a real serious problem. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, the panelists all feel that way, too. I mean, it, it, it comes out constantly. We still have a 13 to 1 hire to force manage ratio, meaning that we have 13 people looking to hire only one looking to manage their workforce by layoffs or furloughs. There was no layoffs reported at all this month. Attrition, hiring freezes, and, and retirements. So for one that's managing their headcount, there's 13 that are trying to expand. We also had 18% reporting turnover, uh, similar to the month of June. So now you got people chasing right. wage increases, which right. Right. isn't good, but it is what it is. And I think you're absolutely right. Once the uh, artificial constraints here of enhanced unemployment go away, and in the month of July, we saw 1.5 million people come off the unemployment rolls month to month, which is the strongest we've seen in a long time. At that rate, we're back at pre-pandemic levels by the time we hit October, November. So that's, that's real positive. I think there was uh, 786,000 people that uh, went back to work in the month of July. That went off on unemployment. Yeah, it sounds right. Well, it came off. On, I, I track it month to month, and yeah. uh, we're at thirteen point two million, down one point five million since the end of uh, June. Right, right. So that's uh, that's, that's a all good claims. Point. That's all a good. Claims. Yeah, that's a good sign. Yeah, that's a good sign. We uh, uh, at All Metals and Forge, uh, we also have experienced uh, uh, increased backlog. Uh, expanding prices uh, for, for raw material, uh, getting to, trying to hire people is, is really quite a bear. Uh, we're, we've been looking to hire people and it's, uh, uh, it, it's not fun. It's not fun. Yeah, so, so some more numbers on that. Uh, let's see, uh, let's see. So, so we had 88% of our respondents 80% were trying to hire on the employment side. Right. 30% of them were having difficulty. Now that number is, is actually better than it was in June. I think the number in June was half. Right. 
having difficulties. So, well, these are comments I'm getting. So, so you know, it depends on how people feel and a, a big sampling of people feel. Right. But I think the labor market is starting to free up and you know, many of the comments kind of supported that. But I, I don't think we're going to see a full unleashing of the labor market until October. Uh, probably not. Probably not. Uh, so let's uh, let's take a look at the report and let you do your deeper dive, uh, even though you might be repeating some of your stuff, but explanation is always, always welcome. Okay, sure. So, you know, we already talked about demand, very strong again, absolutely very strong, no signs of uh, any faltering there, uh, with upside on the new export order side, uh, and for the future manufacturing side, strong backlogs and empty customer shelves. I mean, it's a great story. So, you know, the, the big story for the month then, again, this month is the input side, supply deliveries, raw material imports. And uh, we saw the, the supply delivery number actually ease a little bit, which is a positive sign. I, you know, the, the right kind of tension that you want in the supplier delivery number is high 50s, you know, maybe low 60s. That's okay. When you're in the, the, the range that we're talking about here, 72, that's, that's a real strain. But we, you know, we came down almost three points from June, which... Said we're heading in the right direction. Yeah, good, good indicator. Yeah, the and, and the inventory account declining again. We've been going back and forth, back and forth now for months. Slight contraction, slight expansion. You know, we had a pretty significant contraction back in uh, in April when things really juiced up, came down to forty six five. But outside of that number, it's been fifty two to forty eight. So yeah, right now this month it's forty eight nine. Forty eight nine. Yeah. yeah. So, and I, and I think that's simply because the factories were calling for more material and they drew more out of inventory than the suppliers could replenish. So, all right, that's fine. That's good too. Then you look at the production side, the consumption output side, production number came down 2.4 points, not because the demand wasn't there, plenty of demand. We already talked about that. So it had to be supply and the supply issue is either labor or raw material. The labor side showed some signs of reawakening. It showed some signs back in April. Now we're back again, uh, supported by the fact that we've, uh, we're now uh, into a full clean month of many states not having enhanced unemployment. And in August, we're, we're entering into a period where at least in the Southern states, people are going back to school. So that's gonna be a good thing for the labor market too. Uh, so, but production was constrained 58.4 because couldn't get enough labor, couldn't get enough material. The employment side, you know, grew to 53. I, I'm fairly confident that that's going to continue to expand because, as I said, we still have a 13 to one higher to force manage ratio. They just can't get the people fast enough. Uh, COVID really has done a decimating job on uh, on the way we do things here in this country. Um, the the southern states seem to be the one that's uh, the area mostly negatively impacted right now. With again the the, uh, the expanding of uh, COVID cases. And uh, I'm just curious, and I don't know if you break out your report on a geographic basis, but does that, the increase in COVID cases in the Southern states, I think there's altogether 11 states involved. Are they the ones being more negatively impacted by the ISM report because okay. the COVID situation? Yeah, I can't really tell. We don't collect it by states and you know, we collect it by industries. So right. you know where the industries are focused and center, like the chemical industry has got a you know, big, big presence in Texas, right. you know, it's kind of a direct relationship. Automotive is not only in the Carolinas, but it's in Michigan and Indiana. So that, that's a hard one to call. 
Yeah. But you know, what I will say is our single biggest negative contributor to the manufacturing PMI was the transportation equipment side. So we finally, we finally saw the impacts of the chip problems and the inability in the, in the, in the automotive factories to keep up. So uh, let me give you some, some points here. Uh, we, we did see a slack in our new orders on transportation equipment side, but still, you know, think uh, low to mid 60s for demand. That's a good number. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, you know, we saw a supplier delivery number drop down to 70 you know, from an 80. So that's a good number, too. We saw raw material inventories drop from a 54 ish to a 41. So, you know, clearly they don't have enough inventory. Uh, customer demand still remaining very strong. Uh, inventory is still very low. So that to me is pent up demand on the transportation equipment side. It's just a matter of time for that to relaunch. You know, we saw on its own merit, we saw about a seven, seven point drop in its own PMI. So, and that, they could, that could easily be recovered as some of the shortage issues here get resolved. Most of the, you know, the labor issues don't seem to be in the automotive side. They seem to be pretty, they seem to be pretty tied in the whole supply chain as well as the manufacturing factories don't seem to be having that much of a labor issue. And it, it could be because the wages are, are fairly healthy and that yeah. level of wage is not, not on enhanced unemployment, so. It's interesting that the uh, material shortages have not necessarily Im negatively impacted the, the, uh, the gross number, the ISM numbers. Well, I mean, yeah, well, well actually the material shortages have helped increase the, yes. the number because the supplier delivery number goes up if there's material shortages. But Correct. you have this constant balance between the supplier delivery number and the raw material inventory number. As the supplier delivery number goes up, the raw material inventory number drops and, and vice versa, which is a good thing. It's a good thing. But, you know, we're originally, you've been through many of these things. That supplier delivery number can be interesting. You get a hurricane, suppliers can't deliver, number goes way up. It doesn't really have anything to do with demand. It has something to do with short-term disruptions. Sure. Uh, the pandemic, collapse, supplier delivery number went way up. Uh, nobody really wanted the stuff, but all the factories are closed. So the supplier delivery number went way up. Right. So there are some periods of time where it is a little bit weird. Uh, right now, it really reflects the problems that we're having with tier two, tier three raw material, which in, in pretty much all cases are driven by the labor. And as I mentioned, the labor issue seems to be heading towards a resolution here. Uh, there's a clear path. I think this, the second biggest obstacle, and these are really obstacles for manufacturers, now the transportation sector. Uh, it's been there along with labor, but labor has been by far the most predominant. The, the transportation issues in many part in many parts are driven by the fact that there was enough labor in the factories, so you have expedited freight. But as, as the factories kind of staff up, it now becomes a transportation issue. Two modes, you got ocean freight and you got road freight. The road freight issue are in some respects are a little bit separate from the ocean freight issue. The ocean freight issues uh, are gonna be around until the end of Q1 of next year, because we're going from manufacturing demand to retail demand, to holiday demand, to Lunar New Year, not gonna get resolved until probably April of next year. Uh, and that's gonna lead to some amount of disruption on the road freight side. The road freight demand has a lot to do with not only the, uh, the lack of air freight, which is driving uh, goods to be shipped either in containers or on the ground or both. Uh, lack of drivers, which last number I saw was 120,000 plus. Uh, some of that might get resolved here as we move into the fall. A lot of your drivers are now in the construction world. 
uh, you know, building houses especially. Uh, but the thing to watch, I think, is really the transportation sector. And if you see any sign of that thing easing, then that's another positive indicator that we're getting closer to a supply demand uh, balance, which is where we really want to be. We want to get to that balance, I think. One of the problems with uh, ocean freight, aside from the uh, shortage of uh, containers and so on, uh, the cost has more than doubled and nearly tripled in some cases on ocean freight. And that is on top of uh, the tariffs. It's uh, really an expensive uh, uh, factor, especially with the holiday season coming. Uh, you're gonna find that, you know, toys and electronics and all that stuff, prices are gonna go even higher. Yeah, that, so yeah, let's talk about prices because that's probably, uh... The longer term discussion here about what is what the price index here means. What does it mean to the short and long term? Uh, so it's, it's worth it's worth five minutes to talk about. So we, you know, we're we're seeing a relaxation. I think I mentioned it earlier in the show. We're down a little bit on price increases. Most of the price increases that were reported in June, that were not reported in July, moved into the same category. So they didn't say the prices dropped. What they said was the prices stayed the same June to July. All right, so fine, we're getting to a level. If you listen to the analyst calls uh, in the month of July, there's a really good profitability in most areas. There was a couple of industries that struggled, primarily the ones that did really well in the crisis, you know, Cloroxes of the world, the, the chemical companies that, that manufacture cleaning products, they're struggling on profit, but everybody else right now is not. Now, so they, and they're all saying they've been able to push through price increases, which our price in, index indicates that they have been able to push through price increases. Right. So now that you know the, the the big question ahead of us is what does it mean for the future? You know, I think we're showing some amount of balance. Uh, you know, like in the steel business, you know, we're still at extremely high prices, uh, and and it's, it's it seems to have topped. But I, I hate to, I don't know, that I really want to say that the steel steel mills are operating at almost eighty five percent, which is about as high as they're going to get. Correct. Uh, so so where are we headed with this thing long term? I like I've been saying for months. I think Q three is going to be another strong profit uh, quarter for uh, manufacturing America. And I think Q4 is gonna be the big discussion about whether keeping pushing those price increases through is gonna be something that they can do or not. And, and, and I, at this point, it's still not clear. If demand stays as high as it has been, I'd be pretty confident that they're able to do that because you know, right now, if you're in the manufacturing world, you'll take whatever you can get and you'll pay whatever it costs as a result. We're still operating at near record raw material lead times. The capital equipment lead times are still pretty high. So, you know, until we see those things come down, I think suppliers are still going to have a significant amount of pressure, uh, uh, power, and they'll be able to command those price increases and it'll keep pushing through. So, but the big question is I, I still believe that raw material prices are transitory. But in, in talking with a bunch of people on this thing, at some point, they get so high that they're never going to get back to where they used to be outside of a major economic disruption here. And, you know, for instance, like plastics, polyethylene, polyurethane, polypropylene, are we going to see them get back down to the price levels that they were pre-pandemic? Well, I don't know, with natural gas running now at 4.3, 4.4 MMBTU, up about 65% pre-pandemic, that's the feedstock for plastics. So I don't know that they're going to get back down to that level. Steel prices at 1850. Uh, you know, I've been saying since I was on the show, 
a normal ton of short short ton of uh, hot roll coil is 640. Right. So I think we're going to see 640, not without a major disruption in the economy, and I'm not seeing that in the next you know couple of years. So maybe the new normal for steel is is 890 or 900, and and then so it is transitory, but when it comes back to the new normal level, it's not going to be back at the levels that we were back in 2019. But, and not only the hot roll and cold roll, but uh, uh, you have shortages now in aluminum, you have shortages in stainless steel, you have shortages in nickel. Uh, there, two weeks ago, there was a shipload of nickel and God knows how many hundreds of tons or hundreds of thousands of tons, the ship went down. It caused a blip in the nickel market at the London Metal Exchange. So it, a small event like, like a ship going down had a worldwide effect on the nickel market yeah. on availability and pricing. Yeah. So right. you, you can't just watch manufacturing talk radio and ISM to get all the facts. You got to look at everything that's going on that, that affects these things that you wouldn't think would, but they do have a major uh, impact. Yeah, that's what's great about manufacturing. Everything is kind of related. That's why they, why they call it a chain. Right. Right. So what do you, what do you see for, uh, I mean, you pretty much told us that things are going to just continue the way it's going uh, into uh, Q3 and 4. Um, do I dare ask you about Q1? Uh, that's pretty far out, but I'm, I'm still optimistic about it. I think we're really clear through into Q2. I think we're in really good shape. And I think a lot of people feel that we're good for half one. Uh, and, and then maybe you'll see a relaxing after that. And that's a year away, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's a year of strong performance. The, the, you know, the panel sentiment was 13 to one, down from 16 to one. That's still a really high number. I mean, yeah. I, 13 to one, 13 people positive about the future versus one not so positive. That's still really strong. So we're, you know, we're feeling good. I think uh, I had an incredible amount of comments yeah, 74% of panelists commented, the general comments were around supply chain shortages and price increases. Right. That was down slightly from, down five points from June. So, okay, so that again supports the fact that maybe getting material isn't as hard in July as it was in June. Mm -hmm. so I think is really positive to unleash production capacity here. And you know, also to open up the capital spigots for 2022. You know, business planning is happening right now. Uh, Usually the business plan, the first draft is done end of August, early September. It mm -hmm. gets signed off by November. And, you know, CapEx is an important part of that for everybody. And it's important for us from the standpoint of productivity and, you know, our machinery sector, our computer electronics sector are all capital intensive uh, industries, yeah. fabricated metal products to some extent. I mean, as, as people see the ability to pass through price increases, increase margins, uh, labor kind of relax a bit and, and uh, be able to output more. Then there's going to be much more of a feeling to invest in capital for 2022, which is a really good thing for manufacturing because you know capital dollar of capital invested now produces fruit for the next five years. Sure. Uh, the other thing I've had questions uh, today over the uh, infrastructure bill. I absolutely think we need it. I don't know that it's a significant part of manufacturing GDP. Uh, you know, I think we're really talking about an incremental, maybe 100 billion a year uh, over the next five to eight years, incremental, uh, and maybe less than that, maybe 75 billion. And 
in the big scheme of things, you know, a lot of that's labor, a lot of that's construction labor. Uh, there's a lot of material too, you know, uh, primary metals, fabricated metal products, uh, non-metallic materials all go into the buildings, the uh, road, road and bridges and pipelines and, you know, the steel industry and all that. I'm, I'm not saying it's not going to be good. It's definitely going to be good, but, you know, it's probably no more than a 10th of GDP. Uh, but, but I'm not so sure it's going to get passed because I think we're tied up in, in physical and social stuff. And I'm, look, I'm sorry. I mean, get what's important, super important today, past, and the controversial stuff, figure it out. <laughs> I don't think we need another $5 trillion of deficit. Have you, have you spoken to Joe about this yet? You know, I, I, I do the best I can. <laughs> get the infrastructure bill passed. I've been waiting for one for years. The last administration tried to put through something where they put 10 cents out and they wanted the private sector to put 90 cents and went nowhere. Right. So it, was, it seems like we have agreement um, from the people who have, are longer term players, i.e. the Senate, to have a bipartisan agreement to invest, what, 900 billion? Yeah. Please do it. We need it, uh, whether it be pipelines or bridges or roads. I mean, and, and separate it, just get it passed. Uh, you know. uh, another important factor of that is that we can show it, we can show us the citizenry that our government can still work together when need to. That would be a good sign. That would be be a good sign. And yeah. I'm not against the other stuff. I don't know that we can afford all of that, and I think it needs a lot more study of the social implications uh, and the long term economic impact of all that. But uh, they should not be linked. And I I think the administration was a, a bit of a coward when they. Said, no, 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 I'm not going to link the two, but then they, they've got their, their, you know, the people in Congress linking the two. It's... I think you might remember my, one of my favorite sayings about the national debt. It ain't never going to be paid. That's true. That's true. Never happened. There is a level where in an inflationary environment where right now people are talking inflation. I could not imagine this country affording a six or 7% interest bill every year at 20 Last I knew it was a $22 trillion deficit. I'm hearing now 28. Where'd that come from? No, no, it's in the 30s. Trillion it's deficit. It's in the 30 trillion. When did that happen? During while you were sleeping. I must be. I have to go do some <laughs> research. I thought it was equal to, that was like 105% of GDP. And I, you know, GDP well, how, much, how much is this new bill going to cost? Well, maybe that's it. People are talking about the new bill at five. Yeah, that, that brings it right up to mid-30s. Uh, yeah, or 28, because I heard but, over the weekend 28. I'm like, 28? Where did 28 come from? We, I mean, Italy Italy runs 120% of GDP on their debt. I mean, we don't want to be in that club. Why, they just won a gold medal at the Olympics. What yeah, but they're fortunate they got Germany supporting them. <laughs> We're fortunate they got Germany supporting their economy. The euro. Right, right, right. Uh, Tim... It's great, great reporting. Uh, I love having you on and uh, thank you much. And uh, we'll uh, be talking to you uh, next, uh, next month, I'm sure. And um, I just wanna uh, give a heads up to uh, our audience that, uh, and I'm kind of sneaking this one through that uh, within the month, we're gonna be running these shows uh, live from the ISM website. Uh, so that's going to be something new, something new, something borrowed and all of that stuff. So we're getting married. <laughs>
That's great. I look forward to it. Get the word out. The more more people understand what's happening in the manufacturing economy, the better off they are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And everybody, I just wanted to remind you about our other shows that we have. Uh, we have Wham. We have uh, Where's Willie? We have Hazard Girls. We've got uh, uh, Cliff uh, Waldman. Uh, and I, I'm looking at myself backwards and I can't read my last one. But when I get up, you'll see it. Uh, so join us. Stay tuned. If anybody has uh, comments or uh, would like to have discussions about some of the topics that we are either doing or not doing, let us know. Uh, and I, again, thank you all for listening. Tim, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, Lou. Talk we'll, to you next, next talk month. Talk to you next month. Thank you. Stay safe. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.